Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, brought to you by Sober Network. I am your host, Jamie Brickhouse. Um, I'm thrilled to have Laurie Anderson on the show today to recover out loud. Thanks for joining us today, Laurie. It's great to have you on. It's great to be on. Thank you so much for asking me, Jamie. Of course, of course. Well, you know what? Let's just jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been sober and what brought you to recovery? All right. Well, my name is Lori Anderson. I am an alcoholic. My sober date is February 16th, 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brought me in was my um, actually through Al-Anon. I was going oh, to really? Al-Anon meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to Al-Anon meetings for my son, my son, uh-huh. Nicholas, my beautiful baby boy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so he was having some issues. This, this, uh, he was having some, some serious issues. And one of the biggest issues, uh, for him, uh, his drug of choice was heroin and being brought up and a all Catholic Italian family. My goodness gracious. I don't think I know. No, no, <laughs> this cannot be <laughs> happening. Oh no, 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 no. Um, and you know, I knew that I had a drinking problem. I accepted that I had a drinking problem and yeah. this is the way my life was going to be. And that was okay by me, uh, out loud. I said that. Uh-huh. Oh, so you were one of those where you were an active alcoholic. You accepted it. That's the way it is. That's the way you are. You know what? I had that moment too uh, mm-hmm. of like, you know, that's just who I am. And that's that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Price you pay, right? For whatever. Yep. And every time I would think that I had, you know, a big, you know, a, a, a deeper problem in my heart, I would see somebody else and I would point the finger and say, see, no, that's a problem. I don't have that problem. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I, I fought with that for a really long time. I didn't start drinking until my mid thirties, um, after a divorce from my, my children's dad. And I just went crazy because I just blamed him for not letting me go out and do my thing. You know, I was not allowed out of the house. And so I had a lot of catching up to do. I said, (laughs) my turn. And yes. I, I I did, I went wild. And so I just thought that this was like, you know, I was reliving my teens and my twenties and I didn't go to college. So I'm going to catch all, I'm going to do all of that too. Right, um, right. And yeah. And, and in the meantime, I'm not paying attention to what's going on with my, with my children because I was being so selfish and it's my turn. Me, 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 me. Yeah, I'm free. Yeah. I'm free. I'm free. And I, yeah. I'm not paying attention. And so my son comes to me one day and says to me that he has this heroin problem. And I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. And um, so being the great mom that I am, I'm going to get him some help. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to these. What are these? What are these things again? Al-Anon? OK, so I'm <laughs> going to write down notes and I'm going to get them all fixed up. And and, um, you know, my brother, my my youngest brother had been sober for a while. And so I called him and, you know, oh, I'm going to get all the information for 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 Nicholas. And I got him into a rehab and said, you know, fix him for me and send him back all better. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> I was paying a lot of money for this, Jamie. Yes. Paying a lot of money for this. Go fix yeah. him. Fix him and send him back to me better. And I did a lot of um I did a lot of meetings myself to try to figure out what was going on with him. And the one thing that was, was really difficult for Nicholas is he had a hard time accepting that he was gay Mm -hmm. and living in a small community here in in Connecticut. There's not a lot of uh, things to do when you're gay, apparently is Mm -hmm. what I've been told, you know? And (laughs) so he could not accept himself as a gay man. His, his, he felt his family wasn't accepting of him. And so he turned to drugs. So, you know, I'm, I'm scolding everybody in the family, you know, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, leave him alone. He's, you know, God didn't make any mistakes. And he's, you know, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just stop doing that heroin, Nicholas. And uh, he, he got, <laughs> <Stop doing that. laughs> yeah, just, just stop it. <laughs> just stop it. And you're going to be biting better. your nails and stop using heroin. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm so glad I could laugh about it now because I was not laughing then. I, I was I was scared for him. I was so scared for him um, because we had this special bond. I have two children, two gay children. Um, Just and like my mother. My, my, yeah, my, my, my daughter, you know, didn't have a problem with, with drugs or alcohol. Thank you, God. Uh, but even from when they were small, Nicholas and I had this special connection. And she, my God used to say that I loved him more than her. And it, it had nothing to do with that. It was just a connection. And I found out later it was the addiction thing. And uh. because I think addicts and alcoholics, we don't have to say much when you know, you know. And so I, I think it was one of those things, but uh, I was in one of these meetings uh, for Nicholas and I had my pen and paper in hand and I'm going to stop being the enabler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's going to, the counselor's going to tell me how to stop enabling this boy. 
<laughs> okay. All right. And so she's going through the whole thing about addiction and what it means and how the brain is wired and this and that and the other thing. And I don't know, I had an Oprah aha moment. It was like, oh my God, they're talking about me. These are my feelings. This is what I'm going through. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to help this boy if I don't get any help myself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those are always my favorite moments in someone's um, story yeah. on their journey to sobriety is that is is that aha moment or white light moment. And sometimes it's not as big as what you just described, but I love it. Yeah. When it is that big. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I had gone to one AA meeting out in Los Angeles, California, where my brother invited me out for his one year, one year anniversary. And of course I went out there drunk as a skunk, but you know, I'm going to support my brother. <laughs> I won't drink in front of him because I won't disrespect him. Sure. Um, but I, I went to an AA meeting out there and it was an all gay, all men gay. Yeah. And they were like, Oh girl, I love your shoes. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. I love this place. <laughs> and I'm listening to all of them share. I'm, 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 uh-huh. I'm a little drunk, but I'm listening to them share. And I'm really, really feeling what they're saying. And I'm connecting with all of this. But for a minute, Jamie, oh my God, I swear to God, I'm like, oh my God. I didn't say, oh, maybe I'm an alcoholic. I actually said, maybe I'm a gay man trapped in a woman's body because I identify. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I'm not an alcoholic, you know? Yeah. How crazy. You could be both, you know. (laughs) You never know, right? I love it. I absolutely love it. So, my brother had been sober for about three years at this point. And so I remembered that experience and I called him and I said, okay, what do I do? He goes, go to an EA meeting. And he goes, they're free. And I said, okay. And I'm expecting 150 people. So I could just kind of like sneak in the back and just listen again until I get my courage up. And I walked into this meeting of, you know, four people. Oh God. And I'm like, they're biker guys and where's all the gay men? And I'm like, I'm like nervous and they're asking me my name and I don't want to tell them. And I don't, you know, how long have you been sober for? And I'm like, what time is it? You know? And I just, yeah. Um, but I, I did, I, I did it for my son uh-huh. in the beginning. In the beginning, I was going to do this for him. Not yep. for me. For him, because I need to prove that I'm a good mother because I was such a horrible person for the last 12 years. And I didn't even see what was happening with him. So I'm going to do this for him. So in saying that, Jamie, of course, I've got all of these reservations Mm -hmm. because I'm not doing it for me. Right. So if he if he relapses or if my husband leaves me because we started the proceedings if he mm-hmm. left me if I well, did the, if this happened if that happened if this happened Condition. then all that's were off yeah and then I can go out and I can drink again and nobody could blame me yeah yeah no one would blame me and damn it the first year in sobriety the first year I lost my career I lost my house I got arrested uh-huh. My son relapsed, and on the one-year anniversary of my sobriety, my ex, my husband served me divorce papers. But my mother looked at me and said, "Oh my God, do you want to have a drink?" Like was giving me permission, and uh-huh. that to me was like, "No, damn it, Nick is alive, and I'm sober, and that's 
when my true journey started, because the first year I wasn't doing anything but showing up to meetings with white knuckles once a week. Yeah. And so I needed to do the work to get through all of this without a drink. So that's God, I what I did. I that's what that. I did. And I haven't turned back since, my friend. I'm glad you're here. I am so glad. And, um, you know, I, I at the end of my, um, the last time when I was finally, the la- I, I relapsed many times and I, the last time I was counting days, I did the opposite of you. I did it for my mother um, because she had helped get me sober and got me into rehab and I didn't tell her I was relapsing. And then she, she lost her mind. And, and, and I thought, who would blame me if I drank over her losing her mind? And then I thought, you know what? If you can't do it for yourself, do it for her. And that was the last push I needed. And of course, now I do it for myself. I, you know, as we all know, you have to stay to stay yeah. sober. You have to want it for yourself. So yeah, I love, I love that. I did the flip side of that. But um, I want to hear about your um, YouTube channel called Lars World. How did that get started? Lars World. And is I it based my own little world, solely my on sobriety? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's my, it's, I, 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 I've always been told I live in my own little world, you know, it's so, um, <laughs> growing up, growing up in the sixties, you see, I, you know, that back then, you know, what, what happened in the house stayed in the house. You didn't air out your dirty laundry. You right, didn't tell right. anybody your business. It's nobody's business. So even in sobriety, in early recovery, I stayed silent about it. Of course, my family members knew and a few friends. And then, you know, here I'm, you know, sneaking off to church basements to continue doing my recovery. So mm-hmm. nobody would know, you know, so no one would know. I, you know, I I did all different things. Everything changes a lot and different, you know, mix it up a little bit. And the pandemic hit. And when the yeah. pandemic hit, I had 10 years of sobriety. And so I said to myself, well, okay, I I got 10 years. I'm good. I'll be okay. I don't need to do any of this stuff. Right, right. And I continued to read and I was hosting a Tuesday night women's meeting with some girls that I go to meetings with. And, you know, but I mean, it was like, that was it. And it was like, I was getting squirrely because of the human contact, the stories, the, all of that. My daughter my daughter and her fiance, Jackie, came to my home and they and neither one of them have a problem, but they, they asked me about doing, if I would like to do a podcast. And I said, mm-hmm. about what? <laughs> and, I'm like, ah. and they were like, you know, why don't you do like a recovery thing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. What the hell is a podcast? Like, I, I, I do. I live in my, right. I live in my own world. And here when you I started, are on a podcast with me, but you know, yeah, 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 right. We all and come I, along. Um, I, I said, I don't know if I want to do a podcast. I like to see people. I want people to see people. Like we do a YouTube thing. They were, you know, they were giving me different ideas, and so I said, well, we could try it. I don't know. And so mm-hmm. I'm asking people, only people that I knew, but a lot of them turned me down because it was they were in an. A-A-N-A, and and it was anonymous. And I respected that. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go anywhere. (laughs) This is not going to go anywhere. And somebody told me about the Instagram recovery community. And that blew my mind. Blew my mind because it was so open and so honest. And I felt like I finally found a place where I belonged. 
people were recovering out loud. They weren't ashamed of it. And not that I was ashamed of it, but I think I was doing it myself. Like, you know, looking over my shoulder when I'm going right, to you know, right. one, one of the meetings and it's like, yeah, kind of still perpetuating that stigma that I did something wrong and I'm going for penance for the rest of my life into these little church basements. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and so I started meeting some incredible people. Right. Well, you know what? I want to break right there. We got to take a quick commercial break and I want to come back and I want to hear about some of the guests that you've met. So uh, everyone stick around. We'll be back in just a few seconds. The Sober Podcast is now part of the Soberverse. It is another innovative solution developed by the Sober Network. The Sober Podcast is giving a voice to recovery. For more information about this and all the other parts of the Soberverse, visit us at thesoberverse.com, thesobernetwork.com, sober.com, sobersystems.com, soberpodcast.com, sobercoin.io, and recoverycoaches.com. And we are back talking with Laurie Anderson. And we were talking about her YouTube channel, Lars, Lars World. What, who uh, is the most exciting or interesting guest you've had on the show? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. They sh- everybody shocks me. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 I have known to cry my eyes out on some of them because it just takes me by surprise. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Marty Evans, like, you know, I had no idea and he got so vulnerable and he started talking about, you know, he was this tough guy and, da, 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 and you know, and he still looks like that on, you know, on, on Instagram. And he was, he blew me away with, you know, his spiritual experience and I'm bawling like an idiot, you know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, <laughs> there's so many Kim Bellis, from Sober is the New Cool is she's just super, super sweet. And we talk every day now. Chris Nell from South Africa. We talk every single day now. Oh, I love that. Fabulous. It, and I've gotten, oh, tons, tons and tons. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. Well, of course I do. My my, my son. I have my son oh, on, and my go. brother. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and my brother. It could be your favorites. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love I, I I can't shut up about recovery now. I I it's so funny. And so I love yeah, your, I, I love wear my, my wear my little shirts all over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so, I don't hide it anymore. So it's eleven years for you know, or twelve years or eleven well, years. Well, twelve, 12 years. years. Twelve yeah, years. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm just a, a little bit ahead of you. I'm 13 and a half yeah. years. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What's yeah, I, I don't hide it anymore. I love Good. it. I Me love either. It. Me either. I don't hide. I don't hide most things, you know, uh, except uh, uh, bad breath if I've got it, but you can't tell on this podcast. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> what, what is the most da- a difficult struggle you've overcome while in sobriety and how'd you overcome it? The most difficult thing for me is the, I'm a hard-headed Italian girl. Mm-hmm. And so I am uh, change. Change is so hard for me. Mm-hmm. So hard for me. I struggle with that. You know, I'm a creature of habit and I want it that way. And and, uh, uh-huh. and so I embrace it now. You know, I at first it's like it's like the deer in in the headlights thing. And it's like, oh, uh, and then it's like, all right, you know what? It's okay. Change is good. 
change is good because change got me here. So now yeah. I, I, I really do embrace all of it. Um, and the people pleasing thing. Oh, God. oh I, I suffer from that too. Yeah. I hear you. People pleasing, people pleasing, you know, what, worrying about what everybody else thinks except for me. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got some peace in my soul, Jamie. I've done and some so, serious that, work. And so how do you, uh, so you have a problem with uh, some of the stuff you struggle with is change and people pleasing. How do you uh, overcome that or, or how, how do you uh, work on that? <laughs> deep, deep, deep breathing. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, my dad was like this, you know, shoot first, ask, you know, ask questions later, like uh, an right. automatic response. It's practicing the pause. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, how, how, how is this change, you know, going to really affect me, you know, and any, in, in, in adapting, you know, acceptance, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I did mm-hmm. not want to accept a lot of things because it wasn't Lori's way. Right. <laughs> you know, it was always like that. And when somebody would say to me, you're just like your father, I would get so mad. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know, yeah, but I yeah. was, it was his way or the highway. And, you know, there was an expectation that I put on myself. And so if I'm going to work this hard and do all of this stuff, I want the same out of somebody else. I expect that from you. Yeah. And so that's what I've had to do um, is just, you know what? Everybody is not the same. I can't expect myself from somebody else. You can't get something from somebody when they don't have it to give. And that was the biggest lesson that I've learned is, you know, just... Not everybody's the same. And I remember having that conversation with my father the day before he died, Jamie, talk about things happening for a reason. We, Mm -hmm. we had a very crazy relationship and he was always yelling and screaming and, you know, and, um, and I remember, you know, the night, the day before he died and we didn't even know he was dying. It was, he had a massive heart attack the following day after we spoke, but yeah. He, I was like, you know, I got to walk on eggshells around you. And he goes, you know what? You know, we're going back and forth and don't say it to my sister. Say it to me. And, you know, we're going back and forth and back and forth and how crazy and how, how much we were alike, Mm, how much mm -hmm. we were alike. And I was wanting him to change and he wanted me to change. And it was like, you know, you, you, you can't, (laughs) you can't. You can only do it for yourself. And, you know, I left the hospital room that day with a a greater sense of knowing my father a lot better and hoping that it was going to be okay, be okay. And he passed away the following day. What an 11th hour gift. How amazing. I, I think about that every day for the past 20 years and how blessed and grateful I am that we were able to have that conversation and clear the air and, you know, and, and I don't know, I've just learned so much and I, and I, and I learn it by watching other people. And there's some things I had this conversation with a girlfriend yesterday, some things I don't like, you know, we're supposed to love everybody. And I do, I don't want anybody to have to suffer. I, I, Oh, you know, you can love everybody, heart. but not, you don't have to like, not everybody. like everybody. And that was something I had a hard time with. It's like, Oh, do I have to like this person. So if I don't like them, then I'm judging me, judging them. And I'm not supposed to be judging them. And it's like, I'm trying <laughs> to get this recovery thing. Perfect. <laughs> you know, another thing, perfectionism, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. just letting people be 
there, be who they are, be and, who they are. and it's not accepted. let it right. bother it's me accepted. so much. Why is it bothering you? Usually because I see something in myself that I don't like. Yeah. And so who wants to look at that shit? Not me. <laughs> Ma'am, not me either. Well, you know what? I'm going to, we're going to end here because I've seen a lot in you and me that I like. So, um, uh, there's also that, that gift too. You can, um, uh, you can see what's, what's great. What's, what's good about yourself and positive about yourself, uh, reflected in others and people that you just met, like we did today. I love it. I am so glad that we met. This is awesome. Absolutely. And listen, I am so glad you joined us on sober podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And are there any um, shout outs that you would like to to throw out there or anything you've got going on you want to tell us about and how can listeners get in touch with you um, if they want to reach out? If they want to reach out to me, they can reach out at lures underscore uh, sober world. And I'm looking at a piece of paper because I had another account that was hacked. It was lures world of sobriety and it got hacked. So okay. I'm lures underscore. And that's L-A-U-R-S. World. Yep. Short for Lori. I spell my name the long way. So it's Lores. And my YouTube channel, Lores World 3 on YouTube. I have not had any new uh, episodes out. I have some that I I have in the can. Um, My ex-husband, the father of my children, is going through some cancer treatments. So my Mm -hmm. daughter and uh, my son are taking care of him through the treatments. and. We're hoping he's he got he's got a good prognosis that we'll be back up and running uh, at a later date. So right. I will let everybody. But I mean, know. people can go to the YouTube channel and watch past episodes, right? Absolutely, well, please do, do. Please do because there's some you'll meet some mm-hmm. wonderful people on there from all over, from all over the world. I love it. Well, listen, great to have you on. I am Jamie Brickhouse. Uh, you can <clears throat> find me on TikTok. Uh, and Instagram and Facebook, where I tell a true story wearing high heels every day. Uh, TikTok is Jamie underscore Brickhouse. And then Facebook and Instagram are at Jamie Brickhouse. I also have a, um, a uh, an essay on HuffPost personal right now about um, my father, Daddy Earl, and his drinking and his sex- sexuality that's gotten a a huge response. So um, <clears throat> check it out on Huffington Post, or you can find it on my website. And I also just out in Interview Magazine. It's posted online. Um, I have a Q and A with biographer James Gavin, who's just written uh, an amazing new biography of George Michael. It's called George Michael: A Life. But you can see the Interview Magazine on there. And George Michael uh, was one of us, but unfortunately um, never got sober. And uh, anyway. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Sober Podcast, and we'll be back next week. And thanks again, Laurie, for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sober Podcast. We hope it has been as good for you as it was for us. Please share our show with all of your friends, family, acquaintances, and future encounters so that we can grow our show and make our mission a larger reality. We have a growing social media presence on all platforms, so find us and like us, especially Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are listed on all the major podcast directories, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Thank you all who make this show happen. Howie, our host, Carrie, our producer, and our sponsor, The Sober Network. 